were listening to Four Point Stance, Women's Tackle Football Talk, on a bunch of places. If you want to get access to them, you can go to anchor.fm slash the number 4PT Stance, and that'll get you to nine different podcast locations. You can go to mixcloud.com and type in Four Point Stance or just look up Coach Ash. And I'm meaning you just look up Four Point Stance or look up Coach Ash. And you can find the show from there. Otherwise, you got to go to ASHLY EDMISTON 1340 AM in the URL for that. You can catch it on Yelfy. That's Y E L L F Y. And follow the show, the number four PT stance. Or you can follow me there, Coach Ash, W34VI1. And you can go to Twitter and join the forum at the official Twitter handle, the number 4 underscore PT underscore stance, or just follow me directly, W34VI1. Or you can bypass it all and go directly to Facebook and enjoy that at W34VI1 Productions, where I have my production website, and you can contact me for various things. Um, National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, available 24-7 every day of the year, 1-800-273-8255. 1-800-273-8255. For Spanish, you can call 1-888-628-9454. And the deaf and hard of hearing actually have their own number, which I find kind of ironic. 1-800-799-4889. Or you can text HOME for the crisis text line. You can text HOME, all in capitals, 741741. There's a lot going on this weekend. Um, I do apologize for any news that may have appeared in the last couple days, um, other than one key thing that I will talk about. I haven't had internet in the last couple days, so the games I have, you know, if they happen or not, I can't, <laughs> I don't know, based on what I have as of 48 hours ago. Um, we just go forward from there. I do know that the Guam Women's Tackle Football League will be joining in the mix so I will be up to a full complement of four game or four leagues right now. So it's a lot more games. Um Guam will have four teams this season, the Sindalu Raiders, Steel Blazing Saints, Island Stunners, and the seven time returning champs team Legacy. So and yeah, you heard me correctly, seven time champs. Um so once I get to that portion we can kind of go from there. I was looking through what I had, and it was interesting to see some of the stuff that popped up about, um, based on episode 17, and how the IAAF is kind of dealing with some circumstances and the Court of Arbitration of Sports. Well, what was very interesting was there was a player who was subjected to, you know, this case because they said that her testosterone levels were too high and I thought it was kind of interesting and also in my opinion kind of crappy that they would be making those kind of comments but obviously it went to court and from there you know what was fascinating about all of it was kind of how it all went down um, the Court of Arbitration of Sports had ruled that she was required 
the athlete from South Africa was required to take medication that would suppress her naturally produced levels of testosterone to so that she could compete at the Olympic level or any IAAF competition. She is a cisgendered f- female with just natural high levels of testosterone. Whereas, and somebody had brought this up that I had saw, um, conversation about, you know, there are male athletes that have genetic advantages by having, like, you know, less lactic acid or whatever, and they're praised for those advantages. So, it does bring up a double standard. You know, it's not just, you know, trans athletes, yes, have to deal with a lot. But we have a circumstance where there's a cisgendered athlete that now she either has to take medication that will slow her down because she's in an advantage, or she has to compete in the men's side because essentially they're calling her a man. And if you're not angry about that, something's wrong with you because personally, it's nobody's goddamn business what's going on. And the fact that her, we have to question her natural body chemistry. She's not doping. They're not, and that's the funny thing is they found it's natural. She has just naturally high testosterone. So now it brings in the question of, you know, and actually this brings up the quote that the uh, president of the IAAF has said that it's totally they're wanting to regulate testosterone levels in sports. Does she have an advantage? That's to be determined. I mean, whatever. If she. It's really none of our calls. Because my question is, oh, she has high testosterone levels based on what? Is it based on the women in the pool, or is this based on men's levels? Either way, I don't think it's a fair assessment, and I'm kind of disappointed in the Court of Arbitration of Sports on this, because it would be nice, and, and that's it, it would be nice to actually see the document. But I do know that the ACLU is communicating with uh, their South African groups and uh, various other things and I, I know that um, Billie Jean King and a few others are totally upset and I can't blame them because to be honest this in my opinion does fit within the transgendered policy that I brought up in episode 17 and now we're talking you know and, and it's like okay other people they have their opinions about trans athletes participating what happens when it's a cisgendered athlete now what do we give a damn now and i think that's the piece that everybody needs to pay attention to you can't pick and choose either way women in sports are getting targeted for bullshit reasons And I find this to be technically a bullshit reason. Because if she does compete in the men's competitions, watch them bitch and moan. Because masculinity is fragile when it comes to this kind of thing. Watch them just bitch and moan about her being there. And if I see any comments on my social media of any people I follow that make comments and refer to her as a man, prepare to join the block list because I don't put up with that shit. I don't put up with that shit for any of my trans athlete friends. And I don't put up with that shit for any anybody else. Those kind of jokes are ridiculous. So, let's just keep a level head on this. I know I'm, I'm probably only talking to maybe one or two people out there. 
but it is something that you do need to realize what you post. Even I sometimes have to double think of what I post. But in this circumstance, I don't want to see any comments regarding, you know, questioning, like making negative remarks. I've already seen a few that I've questioned anyway, because like regarding the boxer. And that, that story was clear back from 2011, and she had transitioned years ago, like a long time prior to that. And to see people be like, oh, yeah. You know, that bo- that other boxer was beaten by a man. You know, this is that's bullshit. And if you've listened to episode 17, you know exactly why that is bullshit. Moving on to go into women's tackle football, I just wanted to kind of follow up on that previous thing because it did tie into the last, you know, the special episode. Um, yeah, we have a full complement the Guam League will now join the full complement of football. So now I've got four leagues to cover in the next, I guess, eight weeks. Because it'll be the next two months that Guam will be here. Um, so it'll be very interesting going forward. Since Guam is ahead of us in time, their games will happen first. So they're going to always be talked about first, like it or not. Um, and generally, I get their stuff right around the same time. If not, I usually get it about Friday night. All their stuff is their Saturday morning or Friday evening. Um, I know that the first game at 11 ends up being about 2 o'clock for us. So that's how much of the, uh, you know, they're over the international dateline. So they're closer to Australia. It's only like a four-hour flight from Australia and a five-hour flight from Japan. So, you know, they may be part of the United States, but they are still a distance. But right away, we have the... Sindelu Raiders, which means the Sindelu and the Raiders, because they used to last year they used to be the Sindelu Falcons, so it sounds like the Falcons are temporarily out of this. But the Sindelu Raiders are combining, and they're going to take on the Steel Blazing Saints. This will be very interesting because the Sindelu do pretty well on their own. The Raiders have done pretty decent on their own. Combined, I'm not sure. But going against the Steel Blazing Saints, you know. The, the SBS, as uh, Guam t- sometimes refers to them, it, because of their consistency, is a little bit stronger. But, you know, this year, you don't know. You really don't know. So, who's going to win this one? I see the Saints taking it, but given that the Sindelu Raiders are combined today, or in general, I will uh, kind of say flip a coin. This is going to be one of those... Interesting games, especially being week one for everybody, um, for them. This is going to be a very interesting game between these two teams. The Island Stunners will be taking on the seven-time champion Team Legacy. These two always go back and forth. They always see each other in the finals in the last couple years, I've noticed. And so this will kind of be, I guess you could say, a preview of what may come at the end. Um, Obviously, Legacy has the advantage here being the multiple champs. Um, Since the existence of the Guam League, seems like Team Legacy fits the name. But the Island Stunners are not a a group you want to sit on. So this is going to be a very interesting matchup. These two usually have very good close games. And that's the later game of the day. Um, That's going to be a very interesting matchup. An interesting thing about the Guam League is all the games are held at the University of Guam. So technically when it's 
you know, one team at another. It's just referencing who technically is wearing their home colors, who's not. Some teams don't even do that. Um, you know, it, it just depends. But for standings, they they have to make it even. But yeah, it's all being held at the same location. And it's impressive that, you know, Guam itself can sustain anywhere from four to almost, I've seen seven teams so over over the years so it is fascinating to see and it's i'm glad that guam is back in order and so we can introduce them and welcome them into the conglomerate of women's tackle football in the united states within the 11 on 11 competition that i cover on the uswfl side of things it was said pretty early on that the Carolina Central Carolina Cardinals and the Keystone Assault game is not happening. We know why, because of Central Carolina. Um, so Keystone will get that forfeit. It, I know it's technically been scrubbed. Um, so that does work in Keystone's favor. So it, it is marked on my part. I just have to mark it for the long run for me. Um, but just know that if you were anticipating that game, it's not happening. West Virginia Wildfire will take on Hampton Roads. That one's going to be a very interesting game because Hampton Roads has had a little bit longer of a break considering Central Carolina left last week. Um, West Virginia did get a well-needed break. And to be honest, I see Hampton Roads winning this game, but I don't see West Virginia letting it be a, like, 50 to nothing blowout. You know, I think... Hopefully, the the wildfire can give them quite a challenge, but I still see Hampton Roads coming out on top. And then the Fayetteville Fierce will take on the Washington Prodigy. I would love to say Fayetteville has a chance, but it is Washington Prodigy. It's at Washington, so that's going to be difficult on Fayetteville. Um, you know, Keystone last week managed to achieve something that a team no team has done since 2016, and that's score points on Washington. So maybe Fayetteville can get a streak going, but unfortunately I see this being another one of those, you know, 40-plus to nothing games being in Washington's favor. Sorry, Fayetteville, that's unfortunately how I see it happening. On the WFA, definitely a lot of games and then not really at the same time happening this weekend. Um, Some rematches happening overall. Uh, the Boston Renegades will be taking on the New York Wolves. When they last saw each other, it was, looking through my master schedule, it was week two. And obviously Boston ran away with that score last time, 68-14. to So that means I kind of anticipate the same thing's going to happen. You know, Boston obviously does have the advantage here. Maybe New York can surprise us, but unfortunately... I do see Boston kind of running away with this game again. Philadelphia Phantoms will take on the Columbus Comets. This is one of those games that I personally think will be a kind of a close game. Who's going to win? I'm not sure. That's a tough call, just in the fact that despite Philadelphia's record and despite Columbus's record, I see these teams actually very evenly matched. Um... Being at Columbus, that does give the Comets the advantage, just in general. But, it is the Phantoms, so we're not... I I must say flip a coin on this game, you know, pick your favorite. Um, beyond that, we'll have to wait until we see the scores. Baltimore Nighthawks will take on the Pittsburgh Passion. 
I think Baltimore has a chance here. Granted, it is Pittsburgh, and in the past it hasn't exactly worked for Baltimore. But this is a different Baltimore team. We're seeing a much stronger Baltimore team than we've seen in the past. And, you know, they they jumped over the Pittsburgh hurdle, so that is one less thing that, that's out of their they have to deal with. Um, but going against Pittsburgh at Pittsburgh is not going to be an easy game for them. So I do see Pittsburgh having the advantage, but I see Baltimore really hanging in there and making this a closer game than probably a lot of people anticipate. The Western Connecticut Hawks take on the New York Knockout. Double-checking real quick to see if these two... I'm pretty sure these two saw each other, and it was one of those nail-biting games. Um, it is interesting to see... Yeah, when they... Actually, when these two last saw each other, it was pretty early on. It was uh, <laughs> 21 to nothing Western Connecticut, in Week 2. Um... Uh, you know, New York knockout is one of those. That was week two, so and I think it was week one for both teams. Um, I just see it kind of being another close game, to be honest. It is in New York, so that's going to be a little, little bit of an advantage for the knockout. But, you know, Western Connecticut obviously has the advantage here having won last time they met. So, you know, I say Western Connecticut can win, but I don't see it being any blowout like 21 to nothing. I see it being a little more of like a, you know, 13 to 6 or a possible 14 to 12. You know, you never know. I see that being a close game. Grand Rapids Tidal Waves will take on the Wisconsin Dragons. Hopefully Snowmageddon's over over there, so uh, we don't have another interesting game. If not... That's going to make for some fun football between both teams. Despite Grand Rapids being 0-3, I think they're a much better team than people will give them credit for. Going against Wisconsin, I think they will give Wisconsin quite a challenge. But I do unfortunately see Wisconsin handing the the Tidal Waves another loss. I see Wisconsin winning this, especially at home, regardless of the weather, um, taking the victory out of this. Cleveland Fusion will take on the Detroit Dark Angels. This is a matchup everybody should be paying attention to because, honestly, I don't know who's going to win. You know, Detroit's showing themselves to be very strong. Cleveland's showing themselves to be strong. And I think this is going to be a very well-matched-up game. So, I'm going to flip a coin here. I'm not sure. But I do think this is a game that people need to pay attention to because this determines a lot just in this area. South Carolina Smash will take on the Richmond Black Widows. This is going to be a very interesting game and probably a very good close game. You know, Richmond, I guess, would have the advantage. They're at home. South Carolina, you know, they're not happy over how their season's kind of playing out. They're having some high games. They're having some low games. Same with Richmond. But I think this is going to be another evenly matched game. Who's going to win? Um, I guess generally I would say flip a coin, but I have a feeling Richmond might pull this one out. But I see it being, again, a nail-biting close game. Tampa Bay Inferno will take on the DC Divas. This is going to be a tough one for Tampa Bay. They're going to be at DC in their indoor facility. So there's going to be a whole new element you got to deal with. That echo is going to be very interesting. Um, And you're going against DC. You know, Tampa Bay got their butts handed to them by Boston when they took them on. So it'll be interesting to see how they handle with DC. But that tells you Tampa Bay is not afraid to take on these big teams and see what they can do. 
That all being said, I see DC really taking this game quite largely and winning no problem. St. Louis Slam at Iowa Phoenix. I see St. Louis winning this one just out of consistency, but Iowa may be one of those teams that could surprise us. Um, it's least likely, but I'm not going to count it out just in the fact that you know St. Louis might come into this game cocky just for whatever reason. So it'll be interesting to see how Iowa handles themselves. And I could be wrong, and St. Louis could run away with this 40 to nothing. So <laughs> either way, I still see St. Louis winning that game, but I don't see Iowa going down easily. Mississippi Royalty will take on Acadiana Zydeco. This one's going to be a, uh interesting game. Um, I do see the Royalty winning it, and I see them winning it by a lot. But then again, you know, Zydeco might surprise me. I'm hoping they get another victory this season. They're kind of a team that's, you know, close to my heart. But I, I just, hopefully, <laughs> you know, they got one this year. And since I've covered them, that's the only one I've ever seen. But hopefully they get another. But unfortunately, I don't see it with the Royalty. The Royalty's just got a lot going on. A lot of, you know, they're they're driving really well. And, you know, the Royalty's really wanting to make a statement on the D3 side of things. So it'll be interesting going forward and seeing how this score plays out. Tulsa Threat taking on the Arkansas Wildcats. Looking at the master schedule, if I can type. It's interesting doing this without anything. Um, the last time these two saw each other, Arkansas won 6 to nothing. So it'll be very interesting. And they saw each other two weeks ago. So it'll be very interesting going forward. How that's going to play out in that rematch. Um, I see it being another close game again. Arkansas obviously has the advantage being the home team. And they have beat Tulsa before. But I don't think Tulsa is really going to be all that happy. Um, Tulsa did beat Acadiana last week. So, you know, they know what victory tastes like. But going against Arkansas, you know, this could be another one of those nail-biting games. i have a feeling it's going to be a different score than 6 nothing, um, but I don't know by much. Austin Outlaws will take on the Houston Power. I see Austin actually taking away this victory. I don't know why. Um, even though I have faith in the Houston Power, I just see Austin taking the victory for this game. Houston Energy taking on the Dallas Elite. This one is going to be a very interesting matchup because Houston Energy is showing themselves to kind of be in contention. They took down Arlington few weeks ago, um, and they're aiming for Dallas now. You know, Arlington was one of those teams that they took Dallas out last year from the playoffs, so it'll be very interesting kind of seeing how this plays out. If Houston does well against Dallas, that says a lot about what the energy has going, but given that Dallas is the D1 here, I do see Dallas having the advantage and taking the victory, but I don't see this being an easy game. If this does end up being a 45 to whatever game, I'll be surprised. But or 40 whatever game I should say. Um but I see Houston the energy really holding it in well and kind of giving Dallas a run for their money. Como County and Camo will take on Arlington Impact. Um I know these two saw each other and Arlington won that game. 
it was like 30 to nothing or something like that. Um, unfortunately, I do see that happening again, but Comal County might be able to uh, surprise us all and make it closer and possibly take the victory. But unfortunately, being in Arlington, I see them taking the advantage. Portland Fighting Shockwave will travel to the Cali War, and the Oregon Hawks will travel to the Southern Oregon Lady Gates. Only thing I can say on those two matchups. La Moita de la Cruces will take on Rocky Mountain Thundercats. These two, when they last saw each other, let's see. You know, Las Cruces was... Actually, these two haven't seen each other, my bad. Um, they'll see... Okay, that's right. They will see each other this week, and they will see each other at the end of the season. So, La Moeta, you know, is sitting there at 1 and 2. But... And Rocky Mountain's sitting right there, relatively close as well. Um, I see this actually being a close game. It is at Rocky Mountain. So, that is going to be a little interesting. Um, but I do see La Moeta kind of taking off with it, you know. I really do. It, it just... I don't know if it's going to be a high-scoring game, but I do see the, these two kind of battling it out. And if it's... I'm hoping it... I, I have... I, okay. Let me collect my thoughts here. I think it's going to be a nail-biter, but then again, it could be a blowout somehow. But I see La Moeta de la Cruces actually taking the victory here. Phoenix Phantoms will take on the Sin City Trojans. I do see Sin City taking this victory just out of the fact of slightly stronger than the Phantoms. Um, you know, Phoenix could surprise us and definitely make this close game and maybe inch it out the last second, but I still unfortunately see Sin City taking the victory. Nevada Storm will take on the Utah Blitz, given the fact that these two last saw each other a couple weeks ago and it didn't go well for Utah. Um, I do see Nevada winning it. You know, I, I hope the Blitz get a victory this year, but I don't see it happening against Nevada. I could be surprised, and I hope to be surprised, but unfortunately I do see Nevada taking this quite extensively and establishing themselves, you know, within their own little corner. Kern County Crusaders will take on the Eastern Sierra Mustangs. I see Kern County running away with this quite well. You know, they're, they're doing well this season, which is good for them. Um, Eastern Sierra, they're a new team. They're showing that they're a new team, and I, I'm not meaning that as a negative. It's just sometimes it's tough getting into this league. It's tough getting into the sport sometimes. And hang in there, you know, just hang in there. I, I hope that... You know, despite what happens this season, you know, some of these teams, you know, just keep going. I, I know it's tough. You may go 0-8, but you'll learn a lot from those. And I know it's hard on the morale for players, but if you really love the sport, you know that what you did wrong and then you work on it for the next year. So hang in there, Eastern Sierra. I do see Kern County running, getting this victory on you, but, you know, I have high hopes for you this season. Maybe one of these games you can surprise us all and take a victory. Kansas City Titans will rematch the Minnesota Vixen at Minnesota. Um, Minnesota has the advantage here just in the fact that they beat them before. It was a close game last time, 17-13. But Kansas City is 0-3. So um, Minnesota has the advantage here, being at Minnesota. Though this could be a shocker and Kansas City could get their first victory of the season. However, I'm not quite sure I'm sold on that yet. 
So I think Minnesota will take this victory in another close game at the most a 35-whatever game with Minnesota winning. And then the Tennessee Diamondbacks at Music City Misfits. I do see Music City running away with this game quite a bit. You know, Tennessee could surprise me, but I do see Music City really running away with this. And then the last league, the WNFC. We have five matchups here. Uh, Denver Bandits will take on the Utah Falcons. I'm sure Utah is not happy about their loss to Texas. So, unfortunately for Denver, they're the ones that have to be beat up. Denver has to travel to Utah, so, you know, there's no advantage there in the way of elevation, so now it's just going to be who's hungrier. Um, I I just know the Falcons aren't happy, I'm sure, about their loss. That's really, I think, the second time, maybe second or third time in their history that they've ever lost. I think it's like the second time they've ever lost, and it's been within, you know, less than a year of each other, so... They're not happy. And Denver, yeah, you're not going into friendly territory. So I see the Falcons running away with this game by quite a bit, just out of anger. But if Texas did enough damage to Utah, Denver could have the advantage here. So who knows? Houston Heat will take on the Nebraska Nighthawks. Um, you know, when they saw each other last week, Nebraska took that 42-12. to I see a very similar outcome being there, but Houston could be a surprise. Um, not entirely sure, but at the same time, it is kind of tough. Houston is in a little tough of a corner. Um, they're actually a lot better team than the record suggests, let's be honest. They are a much better team than people think, than they suggest. Um, but going against Nebraska, you know, that's going to be a tough, tough matchup, especially considering last week when they saw each other, went in Nebraska's favor. San Diego Rebellion travels to the Las Vegas Silver Stars. Um... Given that Las Vegas had to take on the Surge last week, it'll be very interesting taking on the Rebellion, how that plays out. Um, I see the Rebellion taking the victory, but Sir Silver Stars do have the advantage being at home here. Um, if they really paid attention and really watched the film on Rebellion throughout the season, they have a chance to take the victory, but I do see the Rebellion taking this victory. Not being by a long shot, I see this being a close game. New Orleans Hippies will take on the North Florida Pumas. These two saw each other pretty early on. It was like a 47-0 victory for the Pumas. Um, I see something very similar. You know, uh, the Hippies, again, are a new franchise. That's something they, they'll get there. They'll get there. You're in a tough, tough con- league right now. Um, it'll be very interesting how this plays out for them in the future. But I do see North Florida doing a very similar setup. And we may potentially see another mercy rule get into effect. That's if the hippies ask for it. You know, I kind of think for some of these games, some of these teams aren't asking for it. So it'll be very interesting going forward how this plays out. But I do see North Florida taking that victory. And then finally, the San Diego Surge take on the Seattle Majestics. This game has always been in the past when these two saw each other in the IWFL, the WFA best in the West, and in the WNFC now. Um, This is a tough one to call. The Surge do have the advantage being the older team, and I only mean older by a little bit. Both of these these teams are legacy teams. They've been around a long time. Um, They've been around a long time. Maybe not as old as Minnesota, but they've been around 
under that, just under that, there's a there's a group of teams that are in that next legacy category, and that's the 15 plus years category there. Um, I don't know. You know, it is at Seattle, so that's going to be interesting. But sorry, Majestics. I see the Surge having the victory here. They are playing quite phenomenally this season. Not saying the Seattle Majestics haven't been playing phenomenally, but I just think that the Surge might actually have the victory. But I don't see this being like a, you know, like their fifty plus games that they've been doing. Their fifty point plus games. Um, I see this being close. I see this being very similar to how the Majestics seem to battle Los Angeles, but I still see the surge coming out on top. That's what I have for the four leagues that are here, because as a reminder, you know, the Guam League has joined us. Um, We will have them for the next eight weeks. Their games will always be first, so you may see some stuff pop up about Friday night, Saturday about Friday night. If not, that stuff will be up by Sunday because I know sometimes they don't get their stuff out until Sunday or Monday. So we'll see from there. Um, they generally like to stream their games, so it'll be easy to catch. I'll try to catch it and stream it myself. Like, you know, repost it. But um, yeah, we got a lot of football happening this weekend. Not as much in the past, but we still got a lot of football. So it'll be very interesting going forward. I think we do have quite a few games that are everybody's going to want to pay attention to. Um, and we got a lot of games that, you know, are anybody's guesses. So it'll be very interesting going forward. That all being said, you have been listening to Four Point Stance, Women's Tackle Football Talk on so many places it's so difficult to say anymore. If you want to access at least nine different podcast locations, go to anchor.fm slash the number four PT stance, and that'll get you to your favorite places, be it Apple, Google, Spotify, Breaker, like there's a few others. Um, Mixcloud, you can go mixcloud.com slash, and I'm going to spell this all out because I know everybody will spell my name wrong, A-S-H-L-Y-E-D-M-I-S-T-O-N, 1340-A-M, and... Or you can just go in the search bar at mixcloud.com and put in four-point stance or Coach Ash, and you can find the show. If you want to follow it from Yelfi, that little sports app available on Apple and Android, you can go to Y-E-L-L-F-Y. Search the number four PT stance, or you can follow me directly, W34VI1. Or you can just go to the Twitter feed and join the forum, because it will be open as soon as this show is posted or at any time, the number four underscore PT underscore stance. Or you can just follow from my official Twitter page, W34VI1. Or you can just bypass it all and go to the production website on Facebook, which is W34VI1 Productions. And I'm always available for information. And I'm always available for contacts. Um, something I kind of forgot to mention prior to all this was, as I said, you know, contact me for a lot of things. You know, if you got questions about how your page works or, you know, little things, you know how to get a hold of me. Um, I do know that we do have a new team coming in order. Um, as far as I can really give details on, I know that they will be called the Gulf Coast Mo- Monarchy. But more details are to come. I'm not sure beyond that. Um, you will see a four-point stance style video soon on the, made for them. 
But um, beyond that, you know, as more details come in, I can get that to you. And then finally, one last thing, National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. There's a number of ways to get a hold of them. You know, if you need the Spanish version, El Español, you can go to 1-888-628-9454. The irony of the deaf and hard of hearing. Have a hotline, the 1-800-799-4889. You can also get the crisis text line by texting HOME to 741741. Or you can just get a hold of the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline directly, and they can help you get to where you need. 1-800-273-8255.